All right, y'all can have a seat. I was just thinking about this night and thinking about um, what we're doing and didn't think about this when we were scheduling where to meet, but I hope we do this here every time we do this because it just makes me think about the early days of Midtown West when we were worshiping here. Uh, raise your hand if you were worshiping at Granny White with us before we got to Aiken. Yeah, a pretty good number of people. And just like when we had the couches and everybody was spread out, <laughs> it's just so weird to think back on all of that. But um, also just such a, a gift to think back on all that, just to see all the ways that the Lord was with us and has been with us since then and the ways that he's led us and the people that he's brought to us and the growth that's happened and um, both numbers, but also depth in each one of us. Um, where we're going tonight, where we're going this weekend, and really where we're going this fall, um, is this theme that um, some of y'all have been on this journey with me the last month of fasting and praying together, and we've been going through these passages in Romans and asking the Lord to just open our eyes and see what is, where does he want to take us, because it could be anywhere, um, but we want to know where he wants to take us. And what came to me was... Um, First, I thought it was just this theme of seeing Jesus. Like we're, we're about to start on Sunday our fall series in Revelation. And, you know, that's like, yeah, it's going to be wild. <laughs> it's going to be awesome, really. Um, but it's just this unveiling. It's this revelation of what is happening now that we can't see, what's coming that we can't see, but also this Jesus who we, we on one hand, know intimately, but on another hand, we have no idea, you know? And um, so I was thinking about seeing Jesus as our theme. And then over the last couple of days, I've been thinking and praying about this more. It's like, no, that's actually just half of it. The whole thing is saying yes to Jesus in order to see Jesus. And um, it made me think about, this is, I mean, this sounds overdramatic, but this is one of my biggest regrets in life, and it's not even a big deal. And I don't even remember who the girl was at the time, but I was at this like dance, this like formal dance, freshman year of high school. And I remember standing there with a bunch of guys that were equally scared and insecure as I was trying to look cool. And I remember like a couple girls came over and it, you know, it was one of those things like there's just like an energy that you follow and it's like the energy that night was we're all too cool. And so we're just gonna stand here, we're not gonna dance. And I remember a girl like coming and just saying like, let's go dance and me saying no. But everything in me wanted to. But I was just terrified. I was like, what are these people gonna think of me? You know, and I didn't know that I was a really gifted dancer yet. That had <laughs> not, not been revealed. You know what I'm talking about. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm serious. Like, I don't even remember who the girl was. It wasn't even that like, I liked this girl. It was, but I went home and I could not stop thinking about that. And it just like haunted me. And, and then as the years have passed, it's just been a little story that has like stayed with me almost as like a cautionary tale because what would have happened if I had said yes and gone out there was I would have realized all the things that I was afraid of were silly and I would have had a blast. And it was like this whole world that was there and available the whole time would now be open to me and I could see this whole world and experience this whole world. And, um, and it also made me think about Harry Potter and platform nine and three quarters is, is it's this 
passageway into this world that you can't see until you walk straight into a brick wall. You know, it looks like this very normal King's Cross station. You know, the muggles can't see it. It's just this hidden in plain sight thing that you just kind of walk by faith through this, what looks like nothing. And then that's when you can see what's on the other side. And, and I really feel like, you know, we, we, when we met and we did the State of the Union last year, it, it's was sort of a similar theme. And I, I think the Lord's just continuing to call us and say, just, hey, come dance. Like, come on. <laughs> like, don't let fear just sideline you in this life that I've made you for. In this place, all these places that um, I've made for you to find life. And so it's, the way those come are not always these like big moments. In fact, most of the time they're very small moments. And, and if you have ever felt this, you know what I'm talking about. Usually when the Holy Spirit is speaking or Jesus is inviting us into something, at least for me, um, a lot of t- sometimes it's very loud. And usually that's because I've been ignoring it when it's been quiet. But most of the time it's these little nudges. They just feel like little nudges of like, hey, I want you to say something to that person. I want you to send that person a message. I want you to, hey, don't go here where you were planning on going. Go, go over here. See what's happening over here. You know, It's just these little like just slight pivots in my day-to-day routine that when you go somewhere new or you see something from a different angle, it just opens up this whole new world, or it helps you see the world that you've been in in a new, different way. And it's been really cool this summer to see the bridge between our summer series, Apprenticing the Master, and and to where we're going this fall. This revelation is this unveiling of events, but it's also this unveiling of this, this one who we worship, and to see him as he really is and, and fully is, is amazing. But in order to see him, you have to say yes to him. And we have to continue to say yes to him, to see him more. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, all the prompts that we had this summer, each week as we were apprenticing the master, these actual tangible ways of living differently. Um, I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hands or anything, but I, I've heard stories and I've experienced this myself of like, when you say yes to those little invitations, you see things that you didn't see before. And it's, it's always been there, right? It's always been available. Like what we have in Christ is full and complete. And there's a sense in which we're not gonna fully realize it. We're not gonna be able to fully realize all the glory and enjoy it fully until we're in heaven with him. But all that is ours in him is available to us now. But I, I can't access that without a hunger and without a movement in that direction at the call of Jesus to me and all these little ways that he's calling me to follow him all the time. But what was so beautiful, and I didn't even think about this in this way this summer is each of these prompts, you know, for me, for those of you who shared stories with me, it's like, oh man, I tried this. I've never done this before. And it was like, God blew my mind. And like those moments are available to us all the time. They don't have to come from scripture prompts. They don't have to come from sermon prompts. They, you know, it's just as we go. Um, Romans eight fourteen. I, I referenced in the sermon this past week. But those 
who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And there's all these other scriptures where God makes it really clear, hey, this is a living relationship. I'm not just asking you to to raise your hand and say, this is awesome when nothing new is happening. But like my spirit is living in you and, and he's speaking to you and he's leading you and he's reminding you things that I've said and he's directing you the way that you should go. And there's this living relationship, this thing that's happening. And, and I, I was thinking about this last year and all the ways that in different ways people have stepped out in faith and said yes to Jesus, and that has led to them and others seeing Jesus. And so just to share some of the, the highlights, um, this year, Shannon, we hired Shannon as our Kidtown director, but if you were in the conversations that I was in with Shannon, uh, that was a big deal for her to say yes. And it really was this like the Lord kindly, but <laughs> continuously knocking on the door. And finally, Shannon saying, you know what? I really feel like he's calling me to do this. And I want to thank you for saying yes to that because, yeah. I mean, that's, I know that's changed you. I know that's changed me. And I know that's changed our staff team and our families and our kids. Um, so, you know, that, when we say yes, it doesn't just stop with us. Um, I think about Evan and Megan McCarthy, and I think about Evan, you know, completing his ordination trials <laughs> and tribulations, but the fact that, you know, y'all, I mean, we're not going to celebrate you coming here because that was before this last year. You missed the cutoff. You're already here. But you becoming an ordained pastor and just what that is, you know, Jesus saying, hey, I've called and gifted um, this man to play this role in this congregation. And it's a blessing, man. And the fact that, you know, you're preaching the word to us and you're shepherding people and you're building friendships and um, you saying yes to all those moments is, is you and us seeing Jesus more. Um, I think about our, our elders, Nick and um, Andrew, saying yes to getting up and preaching the word on Sunday. Like, I know for at least one of those men, that was uh, a tough ask, but that is a, a huge blessing to us because you said yes to that. Um, I think about the people who said yes and embraced um, neighborhood nights, which was not many of you. I want to sh shame you a little bit. But there were s some of you. Um, I'm kidding. But the people that did take part in neighborhood nights were like, this is terrifying. I don't even know what's going to happen. Well, I didn't either. Nobody did. But it was like the conversations I had after that, I was like, you know what? Just being available to God like that, I've never done that before. And that was so good for me. Um, people saying yes and just coming to church. I mean, I'm, I'm learning about this because I'm an extrovert, but it turns out there are people called introverts and like coming to new places with people is hard for them. But I think about all the people that have said yes over this last year to just show up at the doors of Midtown West and worship. And like, for some folks, that's a really, really big deal. And just to celebrate the growth that the Lord's brought, um, at this, in August of 22, we were seeing about 120 adults in worship on Sunday. And now in August of 23, we're seeing about 230. Um, membership, that's a huge, <laughs> saying yes to an invitation to enter a covenant relationship with Jesus and in, in this body of people, um, truly like uniting yourself uh, in this commitment to doing life and being in gospel on gospel mission together. Um, at this time last year, we had 100 members at Midtown West, and now we have 142. 
And we also have 41 people who are going through Explore Midtown. So like that number might almost double uh, in the next month. Uh, giving, you know, giving as um, a part of saying yes to Jesus because he, he calls us to give um, to his body and to his mission. And so that's been something that we've been thinking about and we've been talking about. But in, in 2021, 35% of our people gave anything. In 22, that number rose to 60%. And in 23, uh, that number has been now at 78%. And I, I, like that to me is beautiful uh, just because what that represents in those decisions of people saying, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and say yes to that. And, and just the way that the Lord's blessed us financially. I mean, y'all seen the numbers from last year. Our fiscal year ends in June and just the giving was way over what our actual budget is. And um, just very thankful for that. Uh, members serving, you know, that's part of our vision of church membership is that everybody would be serving in some way. Um, yes, to bless this body of people to like make things happen that need to happen, but also to bless you. And for you to be serving is, is a way to say yes to Jesus and to see him and to follow him. Uh, numbers are really similar as giving. In 21, we had 37% of our members were serving somewhere. Uh, that number rose to the low 60s last year, and now it's at 73%. So really thankful for that. Um, groups, we, we grew from 160 people in groups last year, this time last year, to 194. Um, but here's the thing. We still have the exact same number of groups. We have 14 groups last year. We have 14 groups this year. Um, and so that's a future yes that some people are going to say uh, to just create space uh, for more people to experience this. Um, and, and with groups too, I just want to celebrate a leader, group leader survey went out, I think it was like April or May. And there was the, it was like numbers one through five, like one was strongly disagree, f four was agree, five was strongly agree. 100% of the leaders that filled out that survey said that leading a group, um, through leading a group, they grew in Christ and they felt and knew that they were being used to help others grow in Christ. And I just think like, man, what a powerful yes to say and like the way that the Lord's using that. One-on-one uh, -on -one discipleship, that's kind of already been happen happening naturally. And then we invited, we'll call it 20 people. Uh, would you pray and think about inviting people into one-on-one -on -one discipleship? And those people said yes, and that's happening. And that's such a blessing to our, our people. And I already referenced the Approximately 20 people said, yeah, I want to try this fasting thing and fast and pray together for this next month. And just our culture, the culture that the Lord is continuing to grow. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many people I have conversations with and they say, the thing I love about Midtown West is I just feel like I can rest. I feel like I can come in and be myself. Also feel very welcomed. I feel like people are like aware that I'm here and they're talking to me. Um, man, that's just beautiful. I mean, that's so, so powerful. Um, the power of gospel community to feel like you can just take a deep breath, be yourself, figure out <laughs> what is happening. Um, who are you, Jesus? What do you want with me? Um, and then I'm not doing this by myself, that I have people who want to walk with me on this journey. And then, of course, countless ways that I know nothing about, like all the little ways that we're all saying yes um, 
and all the things that that's led to that we probably don't even realize. Uh, I want to reference this, this verse that we, we talked about this time last year, John 1.51. This is um, Nathaniel being brought to Jesus. And um, he says, you know, he's kind of skeptical. And Jesus says, oh, yeah, I know you. I saw you when you were sitting under that tree. And he was like, whoa, like, you're the Messiah. And he's like, Jesus is kind of like, that's all it took. <laughs> like, and what he says to him in this verse is like, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, but what he's, he's like, look, man, listen to this. You will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. Like, you think it's amazing that I saw you under this tree? Like, you have not seen anything yet. And I just thought about that verse because in order for him to see these things that Jesus said he is gonna, have to, is gonna get to see, what does he have to do first? He's got to go with him. He's got to say, okay, yeah, I'm going to come with you. I'm going to pick up. I'm going to do things differently. My life is going to have new rhythms. My, the people that I'm around are going to change. I'm going to move into this community of disciples that I didn't know any of these people before, except for maybe one. He's got to say, yes, you, you got to go. He's, you're not creating things to do, but Jesus, is all, he always goes first. That's why we do the call to worship to start every worship service because he always initiates. But we have to say yes, and we have to say, okay. Okay, I'll go. Okay, I'll do that. I'll step out with you in this little, this little way that you're asking me to step out. You know, and that's our vision statement. We're on adventure with Jesus to be set free, set others free, and enjoy that freedom together. And for any of the rest of that awesome stuff to happen, we have to be on adventure. We have to be in new situations with Jesus, that he is the one taking us there. We're not creating them, but he's inviting us out. And we have to say yes and take that first uncomfortable step into the unknown just saying, look, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know you, and I know that you love me, and that you only call me to do things that are for my good and for your glory. So that's our theme, maybe for the whole year, but definitely for this weekend, definitely for this fall, is saying yes to Jesus in order to see Jesus. And here's where it starts. And tonight, we're going to take the first step here. It starts with repentance. Um, Matthew 3.2, uh, Jesus says, repent, or I think this is John the Baptist, but right after this, Jesus also says, almost verbatim, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is here. And, and of course, for Christians, this is not a one-time thing. It's not a one-time turning from my own ways, my own ways of doing life, my sin, um, all the things I'm trying to do to find life and satisfaction apart from God. That's not a one-time thing. It is a life. It is a life of repentance because what Jesus is saying is perpetual, is the kingdom of heaven is here. It's in you. It's near you. It's with you. I am in you and with you and near you. And so repent. Always be repenting. All the ways that you think you're going to find life in opposition to me or apart from me, you won't. That only brings death. And so I'm constantly calling you back come and find life in me, put down those other things and come pick up these invitations that I'm giving you to, to find your rest in me, find your joy in me, find your peace in me, find your life in me. 
Matthew 5, 8, if we're talking about seeing Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Um, you know, that can sound really intimidating, but you just think about, like, we are in Christ, right? If you're in Christ, you're in Christ. There's nothing that can separate us from him, but there are plenty of things that can keep us from experiencing the relationship that's already ours. And Jesus is saying, if you want to see me, if you want to like live this life that I'm telling you is yours in me, then like it starts with repentance. It starts with you putting down you trying to be your own God and look to all these other little things to give you life and to come to me and drink deeply from the well of abundant life. And 1 John 1, 8 and 9 says this, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, it's not scary because he loves us, because he's already dealt with our sins. He's gone to the cross so that we will never have to. We will never fear condemnation from God. We'll never fear separation from God. No, if we confess our sins, good things. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And it's that unrighteousness that prevents me from seeing God. I cannot see him when my life is full of all of these things that are opposed to him. So we're going to do an exercise tonight. And I've got these, um, Evan printed these passages for us so that you wouldn't have to flip back and forth. But would y'all mind kind of taking those row by row and just passing them out so they can go a little faster? Um, so the first passage there is from Romans chapter 1, in the beginning of chapter 2. Paul says the same thing. In verse 18, it says, The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. So my, my ability to see God, my ability to experience God, um, my ability to live in the truth is affected by my unrighteousness. He says in verse 29, um, he, he talks about what this unrighteousness is. And these are three passages. I came across this in a book, and it was a, an exercise in repentance. And I couldn't sleep one night a couple months ago. And I was like, you know what? I just feel like I'm supposed to do this. And so I just got next to my bed with my Kindle and just walked through these passages um, slowly and ran out of time because of all the ways that the Lord had convicted me in my sin. <laughs> Based on all, all of these three passages talk about the works of the flesh and unrighteousness and ungodliness. And so, yeah, this was June 29th. Um, so I'm just going to walk through a little bit of this because I, I feel like it's important for me to go first. Um, faithlessness. And, I, and I, I'm going to spare some of the specifics here, but um, think about specific people that I felt called to be with in hard places and kind of just forgot about them because I was got busy doing other things that were more important to me. And so faithlessness, 
Um, foolishness, spending my time in foolish activities, neglecting important things for unimportant things, um, practicing deceit because I want to I wanna, um, change how people perceive me. Um, even in, in little ways of like, oh, I'm, I'm running late for this thing. Well, I'm going to be there in three minutes instead of the six minutes I'm really going to be there in. Um, being insolent toward those in authority over me, talking about people in authority over me um, as if I knew how to do things better than they did. Having, being haughty, um, being arrogant toward other people who I felt superior to. Being boastful, intentionally bringing out things in conversation that make me sound good. Being heartless, uh, lack of feeling or consideration for other people when they're dealing with stuff. Um, yeah, being ruthless. Uh, and sometimes in the ways that discipline our boys. It's just, this is annoying to me, so I'm going to handle it, and I'm not going to take the time to look at you and see what you need in this moment. Um, impure thoughts, sensuality, the, the like being controlled by my flesh of what makes me comfortable and what fills my stomach. And so, you know, going to the fridge, not because I need food to live, but because I, I want to make me feel good. Uh, envy of other people's gifts and the things that they have that I don't have. Um, lovers of self. That's a pretty just good synopsis of all of this. Lovers of money. You know, if, I, if I'm honest, um, I think I take a lot of comfort and security in the money that I have. Uh, and if it was gone, I might act differently. Being arrogant. Um, ungrateful of all the many things and ways that people love and serve me and never saying uh, thank you. Unholy, just blending in with the world around me, not being set apart at all, thinking that way, living that way, being focused on the same things, uh, without self-control. Um, yeah, this was a scary one. Having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. But y'all, I mean, it's just like, I just went through this whole list and I thought, you know, I'm, I might find a couple. I might find a couple words that apply, but it was every single one. It was every single one. And just, we don't have to hide that stuff. That is death. But life is to bring that stuff into the light to Jesus, to let him convict us of those things and to bring those things to him and to say, I don't want to live like this anymore. It's true that this is true of me and thank God for what you have done on the cross for me and you're the one with the power to change me and so I'm asking you to change me. I, I don't want to stay like this. I want you to change me. And y'all, when we say yes to that, really beautiful things start to happen. So what we're going to do is Jess and the worship team are going to come back up and we're going to spend some time just in meditation and if you brought like a journal or something and you want to write some thoughts down of how the Lord is speaking to you, um, that would be great. Also, um, we're going to have a few people in the back who are just ready to pray. If you are feeling overwhelmed by what the Lord is bringing to you right now, um, you don't have to walk in that by yourself. And you can come back and we will pray with you. Um, and, and we'll just see what the Lord does. So I'm going to pray for us. Father, um, yeah, Lord, the, the enemy wants us to think that, that life is in hiding. Uh, first, he wants us to think that life is found somewhere other than 
at your feet. And then he wants us to think that uh, surviving happens when we keep these things hidden from you and from each other, uh, and that's death. And we have your word. You were, you were so true. You were so faithful. You were so good. You've already done everything necessary to bring us to you, and now you're inviting us to repent and experience the kingdom of God, to experience a deeper friendship with you, to experience cleansing and righteousness. And so, Lord, we, I ask that for my brothers and sisters, that you would convict us of the things that we need to be convicted of so that um, you could give us the gift of repentance so that we can come back to you confessing our sin and asking you to change us and experiencing you doing that. So Lord, would you do that and be with us in this way now? Amen.